We bless this time for us. We bless this word. We bless the, the remaining of this service and this week, this Passover. You know, today it's called traditionally the Palm Sunday. And I was joking with Debbie this morning, you know, what is the message of Palm Sunday? It only takes five days for the one that you're calling king to get crucified. Not a fun joke. But that's how fast we change. That's how our minds go. You know, and they, they were at one point, you know, they were happy to be fed the multiplication of bread, food, the healings. But when God comes against the grain a little bit against us, we react. And I think that, that that's the, the, our history. You know, that we, 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 we want to control God. We want to put God in our little box of what we believe, what, the theology that we, we book that we like better. <laughs> you know, and then something that I read this week was the only people that you put in a box is dead people. <laughs> and and I, I think that if we love one another, we're not going to put anybody in a box. And you're not going to put yourself in a box. Because you're alive and you, you have room to grow. And you have home, room to become. And our job is to create an atmosphere where that person, that seed, will sprout and will grow and will produce fruit. So Lord, help us during this time to learn from you to be that atmosphere. I, I've been thinking a lot about Galatians and you know, we finished the, the, the service last week reading Galatians. It was for freedom, Galatians 5, 1 to 3. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he's under obligation to keep the whole law. I mean, it, this is serious stuff here. And, and like I've been saying, I'm reading, thinking about the New Testament as two audiences, two messages. To the Gentiles, you, you have Ephesians, you have Galatians, you have Colossians, you have all Paul's letters saying, hey, be careful. Be careful. People are going to come and try to put 
you in a little box. And they're going to try to conform you to their religion, to the way that they relate to God. Don't let that happen. And then in the book of Hebrews, they say, hey, all of this is good. It was good. God used all of this, but Christ is better. Be careful not to try to go back. So in one sense, it's almost the same message. Don't try to go back to doing something in yourself. And I'm blessing us this week. Lord, let us connect somehow to the power of Passover. I mean, there was no bigger power than the, until Christ came, than the, big, the first Passover. God displaying signs and wonders, plagues, judging the gods of Egypt, then opening the sea and delivering the people, you know, just so in a few weeks they were building a golden calf. Going back to what they knew. Going back to creating a God that they, they could control. Then bigger power than the first Passover is bringing Christ from the dead. That's going to be next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And then our tendency is always to try to make an idol out of what God did. And I'm saying, Lord, help us. Help us not to put our trust in our, what we can understand in the way that we think and put anything in a little box that God will have to come and kick the box again. So I want to I celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ. That to me is the main message of Passover. You're free and he did everything. You don't have to do anything. Only you have to do is draw me, Lord, and I will run after you. And good news is that he is drawing us. A lot of times it's not the way that I want it. You know, a lot of, a lot of ways, it, a lot of times he's drawing me by closing all the other doors <laughs> and just leaving one way for you to walk through. And, I, 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 and even in that one, I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to thank him. Thank you, Lord. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, in repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you were not willing. Let that not be said again. But let there be a people that will learn to just abide. We were talking about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to bear fruit. What is the fruit? The fruit is the relationship. The fruit is not what we can do and accomplish and what projects, what programs we're going to develop. The fruit is your relationship with the Father. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. 
In quietness and trust is your strength, but you were not willing. This is Isaiah 30, 15. The prophet will say, hey, you, you guys are going after other gods. You're making your own idols. You're carving out of wood, out of metal. You're doing what everybody else is doing. And God is saying, come back. I'm drawing you. But the judgment is coming and you're going to put your trust in alliances with Egypt, with Assyria, and say, that's not going to save you. Nothing is going to save you. And I think that in, in a similar way, I think that we're living days like that. We're living days like Passover. Where the gods are going to be judged, are being judged. Anything that we, you hold on to may be removed from you. Even the things like Elijah, we're talking about that, you know, the, the, the birds that were used to come and feed you and bring food and that creek and say, hey, it's drying up. That's how God was drawing Elijah to the next level. <laughs> right? Hey, I'm, I'm going to draw you to me. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to dry everything up. <laughs> Else up, you have no other resource but come to me. Does anybody feel like that? I feel like that. I say, hey, I, th I think that God is drawing me because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I have no, no, where, like the disciples said, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. And in one sense, that's answer to prayer. <laughs> right? It's answer to prayer. And one of the, the prayers as a, a parent, father, is, you know, God, you put the right people in my daughter's life. And you remove the, old, the ones that you don't want in their lives. Simple. <laughs> you know, you put the right people in their path, the right friendships, the right influences. And then when that happens, you go like, yes. Yes, Lord, thank you. <laughs> you know, but that, is a, that how the Father sometimes does with us. And he's like, okay, that served for a purpose for a while. Now let's do something different. And that's, again, Galatians 4. And we could go on back there. We brought that up several times this last year, two years Galatians 4, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son forth, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You're neither a slave anymore, and you're not an orphan. 
A lot of times, you know, the, the, the orphan lives in fear of not being accepted or being rejected, of not performing, of not doing everything right. And God is saying, I don't want that relationship with you. I want you to rely on this spirit in you and you relating to me as a father, as Abba. That's Passover. That's what Christ came. He did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law by opening this access for us. And the message, I think, continues to be as alive as 2,000 years ago. And the power of salvation, the power of his blood continues to be just as alive and powerful. You know, and I, I, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, continue to cleanse us. Remove, you know, the barnacles, the things that we, the, that we produced. You know, I was thinking about the human effort to fulfill God's word. And that one example is Abraham. You know, it was not working. You know, they were trying, but it was not working. So Sarah came up with this great idea. Hey, take my, my slave. You know, and then God said, no, that's not the way it's going to do. It's going to be. It's going to be through Sarah. I'm going to have to do it. The problem is that what we, what Abraham produced in his own effort, 13 years later, was mocking Isaac. Was making fun of the, the true answer of the promise of God. And then you always have the conflict of what started in the flesh and what was completed in the spirit. And I, I want to say, Lord, I don't want to produce another Ishmael in my life. I don't want to come up with some idea, you know, that is not from you. Something that we can only do in ourselves here. No, we're, we're going we're gonna to solve this problem. So I don't want to solve any problems. I don't want to take the reins. I'm gonna give, I want to give the reins to you. You let God be God. And then let God bring each person to what they, they are supposed to be and become. We always, you know, think about this is Galatians again 5. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Right? For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's you want to fulfill the law? Do you want to do what Jesus wants us to do? This is it. But then in the words of Jesus, it's a little different. 
<laughs> this is John 13. So remember, this week is important. Palm Sunday, he's walking into Jerusalem, everybody putting their coats on the floor, palm branches, Hey, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David, the king is coming. He's going to do something for us. Yeah, he's going to solve all of our problems. Then he goes into the temple and turns the tables. <laughs> he did something. <laughs> he did. He said, hey, I'm going to expose what you're doing with my father's house. What have you done with my father's house? I'm not going to tolerate you turning the goodness of God into another religious something that you come up in the flesh and do it. So this is what is happening to me. It's like each day I think it's getting clearer. It's done. Oh, but I, I need to present myself better. God bless you. You know, no, he's done it. And he loves you the way you are. And he knew how you would be today before you were born. And he did not have to make a, a, an adjustment in his plan for you or for me after you messed up really bad. But look at this. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another even as I have loved you. Next one is harder. Because if you hate yourself and you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself, that's easy. <laughs> but now to talk about a new commandment. You know, Maybe it's wrong not to say that he did not come to abolish the law. He, he fulfilled the law, but he gave a new law, a new commandment. And the new commandment is this. It's really hard that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is awesome. So, the sequence. He goes into Jerusalem, turns the table, has this supper, last supper with his disciples, goes to the garden, Praise. Can we pass this cup? Can we do another plan here? But your will be done. Everybody gets scattered. He gets crucified and then he comes back. Nobody could have done that. What I, I'm, I'm more and more I'm learning is that it's almost like 
Everything that we can do is like Ishmael. And when Christ came, he was the Isaac. And he took care of all forever, removing any ability of us accomplishing anything in ourselves. We have to completely rely on him. That's why Abraham, after Isaac was born, he knew that God could do anything. Oh, so you want me to sacrifice my, my son Isaac? Sure. Because he's the, the promise. And you, I know that you're going to keep your promise. And if I sacrifice him, you're going to bring him back because you're not going to fail your word. That's the trust, man. <laughs> Look at this in Hebrews. I think it's going to be so good to continue to study Hebrews. This is Hebrews 8. For if that first covenant had been faultless, verse 7 to 13, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. Right? For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Always, always it goes back to Passover. Right? For they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds. That's Pentecost. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put my laws. I'm going to find a way to write my word in your heart. I'm going to find a way to even pray inside of you. Even when you do not know how to pray, the Holy Spirit is going to be there to pray for you. I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them in their, on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me from the least to the greatest of them. You want to know what God is doing right now? He's working this plan. <laughs> that all will know him. Everyone will know him. Everyone will have access. Everyone will have the same relationship. Everyone will be going up to the mountain. Not sending Moses. Moses, you go talk to God. You know? For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. When they, he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. 
But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. This is important for me because, uh, especially with the classes that we teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we're reading together, we need to not, I think, and we have to be careful to hear both messages of the New Testament. And in Hebrews, he's saying, hey, this one is ready to disappear. And I think that he was talking about the temple and all the temple worship. And, but he was preparing them, saying, but Christ is better. And in Christ, you have all of that on the steroids. <laughs> Way bigger and better. Done by God, not by human hands. Not a circumcision that you can do it yourself. It's a circumcision of heart. So, happy Passover. And we connect. We connect with this power. You know, you know we, we always heard that movement. It started with, usually it started with a meeting with God. Somebody, a group of people, having a meeting with God and, and an experience with God and then it becomes obsolete <laughs> because you, you draw the boundaries and this is what we believe and then you put a little box and then, like I said, when you put a little box, it's dead. Ready to be buried. And I'm saying, Lord, help us to stay open. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that, the, the renewing of our minds comes through the Holy Spirit. Comes through this experiencing Him daily. So anyway, thank you, Lord. We bless this for us. Amen.